Okay, we are now uh, switching sports to a little bit of AFL chat now with the Code Sports, Lachlan McCurdy up in Sydney because he has been on a camp, a camp with the Sydney Swans, which I think is very interesting because there is lots to talk about when it comes to the Swans. Big changes to their team, a high-profile injury, and I guess they're trying to get back to where they were at, Bryce, in 2022, not necessarily 2023. Well, 2022, they were flying. They were, and we all thought they were going to fly even higher, uh, I think, in 2023, although they only had one spot to go, I guess, yeah. on the ladder, but at least be as good. But uh, it all kind of unraveled for them early in the season, and they found it really hard sort of chasing the pack from there on in. But Lockie has been uh, good enough to join us. Thanks uh, for joining us on uh, on Sports Day. No problems, guys. Uh, really happy to be here. How'd you enjoy it? Yeah, it was great. Look, a uh, nice level of humidity up in Coffs was testing, uh, not just for myself, but definitely the players who were put through their paces. But yeah, a good couple of days up there for the boys and some good training sessions as well as getting out amongst the community as well, which was nice to see. I was just talking to Bryce about how 2023 didn't quite work out as well as, as most people thought, including, I'm sure, inside the, the footy club. Is there a feeling that there's a bit of redemption required on, on what happened last year or are they trying to just look forward and, and not think too much about what happened last year? I think it is a little bit of both. I, I think whether you want to say they, they underperformed last year, I think that's definitely fair enough as an assessment because they did make the grand final, like you said, in 2022. But the, the overwhelming sense is that this feels like a completely different squad from this time last year because they just had so many injuries at the start of the 2023 season that were kind of that they didn't get to do a, a proper match them until even closer towards the the start of the season whereas they were actually able to do one yesterday morning up in cough so i think it, it feels like maybe a little bit of redemption not necessarily because they feel like they didn't play to their best last year but because they know that when they have their whole squad on the deck then they're just a completely different proposition how did the swans uh run the the, the camp, because uh, a lot of clubs have gone away in the past and just smashed them physically. But uh, was this a bit of a balance between that, a bit of leadership growth, uh, a bit of game plan learning? How, how did they structure their camp? Yeah, there was a good balance. So they, they got into coughs on the Sunday night and had a, a fairly quiet night up there, just sort of a, a nice welcome to country ceremony at, at the place where they were staying and a few team meetings before getting into a, a pretty solid uh, training session on Monday. Then few coaching clinics with kids, a few community visits. And then Tuesday, they just had the entire day off. Um, they had a few meetings, but then in the afternoon, the whole team uh, went to the, the quite uh, famous Bonneville golf course up there and wow. played um, ha half a round um, across them. So watching that was fun. And as someone who likes to think he's better at golf, but I know I'm not, it was actually heartening to see that there are a few who are about my level as well, which was <laughs> nice, to, nice to see. And then, yeah, um, Wednesday was the, the big day. So at about nine o'clock, they, they hit the track and they played a full-on four-quarter match sim um, with proper umpires and everything. And then they did a few more sort of lighter training sessions after that before basically getting on the plane about an hour later to get back to Sydney. So, yeah, it, it, there was a good balance. The boys were were knackered by the time they got on the plane yesterday. But I, I think they had a bit of the best of both worlds, which was good. So your involvement there, were you just an observer? Did you have to bring your runners and get involved or <laughs> you're a part of all the meetings? Was it all open doors for you and maybe some other journalists as well? 
Uh, didn't go in the meetings as such. Just I think there are a few more like personal meetings, not necessarily game plan um, specific style meetings that they had up there, but kind of had bird's eye access to all the training sessions and chatting to coaches and things like that. So it, it was a really good to kind of look up close how they feel like a, a bit of a, a different team to last year. And uh, I think the main thing is that they're a fit team and a, a very healthy team compared to this stage last year, probably besides yeah, the Callum Mills injury that everyone kind of knows about. How open were they with uh, what they're endeavouring to do a little bit different uh, to improve their uh, standing uh, come the end of this season? Yeah, so there was a little bit of chat. Uh, Dean Cox um, spoke after the the practice match yesterday and kind of said, it, for those watching, it was a chance to see how they're, they're really trying to move the ball quickly. They felt that at, at times they kind of got stuck in two minds throughout uh, the 2023 season, not always taking the best option or the first option and just going, look, if we can move it at speed and give our forward target space, because I think that will be key when you've got three young key forwards in McLean, Amadi and McDonald, giving them the best opportunity to kind of take those marks is going to be, I think, what sets them apart. And they've got a tough early start to the year in terms of their draw. So mm-hmm. if they can kind of hit the ground running in that first game against Melbourne, I think that's going to kind of be important to get some momentum for the rest of the season. So you talked before about Callum Mills. Where is he at after that uh, famous shoulder surgery or shoulder mm. injury at Mad Monday from from last year, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> so the the return expectation date is still around that June period, about halfway through the season. But if you were looking at him at training at Coffs Harbour, you'd think he would be back playing next week uh, because he's basically doing everything up to the contact stuff. So all the non-contact he's involved in drills, marking the ball above his head really well, kicking, um, handballing, all that sort of stuff. But then also at the gym, um, we got a chance to watch them in a gym session and he was on the weights working on that shoulder specifically and looked pretty um, pain-free. So I, I think in terms of how the, the surgery has gone and how the healing has gone, it couldn't have gone any better but it'll still be a a bit of a process to get back into that contact and then back into first-team consideration. Okay. I guess people forget that's still a long time before Callum can play. It was Mm. was such a a serious injury from from last year. So Brodie Grundy and and Taylor Adams, I was going to say they both come from Collingwood, but uh, they have (laughs) both come from Collingwood, but uh, Grundy sort of detoured through Melbourne on the way through. Um, how, via Casey, yeah, rather. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so what sort of impact are they having off the field? And then from those early sort of match sims that you've seen, the role that they're playing on the field? I think they've both settled into the squad really nicely. I mean, the best example of that was during the golf day. You could just see they had become part of the team already in the space of, what is it, about two months or a little bit more since they joined the club now. So they look like they've been there even longer. Um, but on the field is obviously where all eyes will be. And I think Brody Grundy was really impressive in that early match, Sim. Um, he The first bounce of the game, he basically won the contest and was on the run and had the ball running freely and found a a target inside 50. So it was a really early, exciting signs. And I think the really interesting thing was that he didn't come off the ground once in the match sim. He played all four quarters and he was one of those guys who was 
well and truly knackered by the time he got in the plane. But it, it's a really promising sign that his fitness level is at that point where he can play that whole game if he needs to, which will be a, a huge boost for John Longmire. And Taylor Adams will be an interesting one. I think he's, his engine, again, is something that will set him apart. And he's just going to have a, a tough contest for space because I think Sydney's binfield is probably its strongest asset at the moment with so many young guys like your Chad Warners, James Rowbottoms, and then your older guys like your Luke Parkers. So I think he'll just complement them really well, uh, winning that inside ball and trying to get the ball outside to come some of your quicker guys like your Errol Gouldens who can just be elite when they've got the ball in hand. Lockie, you've just, uh, I guess, pointed out all the all the assets, how well-armed the Swans are for those uh Followers like me that have focused more on their own team and how they're going and listening to that sort of news, uh, we've sort of forgotten about how good their recruits are there. Were, were there some of the youngsters um, that, that turned some heads? And you mentioned that Dean Cox was talking after the game, you know, that they were really pleased with. Yeah, one that he singled out in particular was uh, young Matty Roberts. So I think this is his third year on the list now. And a few injuries have meant he kind of hasn't been able to get that consistent run of games. But he's basically completed the whole preseason. And yeah, the Swans are really happy with him. He's kind of often played that midfield forward and often that wing role. But for the first sort of half of that uh, match play yesterday, he was playing off half back in a in a very similar style to how Nick Blakey plays, where he's just trying to get that ball and go straight away. And yeah, there's a lot to like about him. And then the other one who has been turning heads a fair bit this preseason has been young Will Green, the uh, kid they took at, in the first round of the draft last year, the, the young ruckman out of Victoria. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of exceeded all expectations so far. He's put on a lot of mass already, but it's just his ability to move around the ground, which is been quite um, impressive. So I think while he might not see a lot of AFL action this year, the fact that that first round pick, he's got a three-year deal now, it means he's got a chance to really cement himself as the Swans Ruckman of the future. We're talking to to Lachlan McCurdy from Code Sports, who's been on a training camp with the Sydney Swans. If we just broaden out the discussion a little bit, Lockie, before we let you go, just on Mm -hmm. GWS. Now, we saw Sydney get beaten by Carlton narrowly in the first elimination final. The Giants played St Kilda in the other elimination final, won that, beat Port Adelaide and very nearly played themselves into a grand final. Um, have we? Is there much mail coming out of what the Giants are doing at the moment? I think it's going to be a lot of the same. Um, so they had their own uh, version of a pre-season camp um, last week, but it wasn't the community visits and that sort of thing. They went out to the Blue Mountains in Sydney and it was more boot camp style in terms of uh, all-day treks and um, tough work sort of at a campsite out there. So I think Adam Kingsley is really trying to make sure fitness is key because as we kind of saw last year, that pressure game is what really turned their season around, that forward pressure on the likes of Toby Bedford, Brent Daniels and obviously the skipper Toby Green. So I think it'll be more of the same, more quick movement. And I think that orange tsunami mantra that they kind of reclaimed last year, we're going to see even more of that. I much prefer to be on the Sydney camp than the Giants camp, Bryce, if they're playing golf rather than going <laughs> trekking through the Blue Mountains. I was Mountains. just thinking it's just like school holidays, Jeez. isn't it? He's flogged the kids and uh, they all want to go to sleep uh, at 7.30 no, at you. night. No, thank you. Um, and then just a, a broader thing around... The, the fact that we're having this opening round, which is before the, I guess, before round one and a, a real focus on the northern states. do I know it's still a month to go, but do we feel that it is going to work? Is there even early traction on this, I guess, uh, spotlight on, on football in the northern states? It, it is a really interesting one because one of the big reasons it was brought up that 
they introduced this was to kind of get one up over the NRL. But really, like, the Giants-Collingwood game is actually going to be going up against a, a sort of a Western Sydney NRL derby up here, a, a Penrith, uh, a Parramatta game out at um, Parramatta. So it'll be really interesting to see how that goes in terms of kind of winning the airspace. But I think it's a great thing for the, the Sydney clubs and obviously the, the Queensland clubs as well because they have been putting a lot of work in to try and get some of these marquee matchups. And Giant Stadium, if it hasn't already, will definitely sell out. But a lot of that will be the travelling Collingwood fans who love coming up to Sydney for games. So that should be a a great game out there. The Swans-Melbourne one should go close to at the SCG. So I think in terms of atmosphere and what the actual product will be, it'll be a, a great chance for the, the two teams here and obviously the two teams in Queensland to kind of make their mark and go, look, we should be getting more of these marquee games more permanently. So do you think it is something that the northern states need? Someone like yourself who's up there covering Australian football in, in, in Sydney is it it's something that do they felt look, there's not enough love up there for them or is it an opportunity, not a free hit, but a, a bit of a free hit with what's going on with the NRL going across to Vegas? It, it is definitely an opportunity. And I think it's a, a great year to do it because the Swans and Giants are both in a really good position list-wise that mm. we see up here that um, – both teams get that momentum on the field, but they get that momentum off the field. The Swans crowds when they're winning are very different to when they're losing. So I think if they can capitalise on that, they capitalise on the excitement around the likes of Brody Grundy and Errol um, Goulden at the Swans. And then for the Giants, if they can finally capitalise on a deep finals run because they had that 2019 grand final appearance and then went straight into COVID and, and kind of couldn't make the most of that in terms of turning it into crowds and members and things like that. So if they can make the most of this opportunity, which I'm sure they will, uh, yeah, it could be a, a really uh, big turning point for um, the AFL up here. Head to head, who do you think uh, is going to finish higher on the ladder, Lachlan? I've got the Giants just at the moment, just on the back of what they did last year. But I think both should finish in the top eight, considering where they're at at the moment. It's good for the Sydney market, that, I think. Mm. Mm, Definitely. Hey, Lockie, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, we always enjoy chatting to you. And we also enjoy reading all your your work on Code Sports. Uh, It's a a big year coming up uh, for both Sydney and the Giants. I think both of them will be right up near the top. So it could be an exciting year. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy your night.